There's a passage in, um, in Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 2. I'll, I'll read it for you. You can go there yourself. This isn't going to be our main passage, but this is what sparked uh, this thought for us this morning is, you know, we just, Shen and I and the team, we, we love this house. We love what God's doing. We love what, the, there's an anticipation in the spirit and we really do. We, we love this, this place. We love the people and we, we pray that God's, God, we really believe God wants to create family. You know, the more heaven comes to earth, the more it looks like family. Uh, Jonathan and Melissa Hell, so that's a, their, their quote. And um, what, one, one with God is the majority. And we talk a lot about that, the individual. And there's a call of God on each and every person's life in this place. And that's true. And we don't, we don't apologize for that. Uh, but two united is better than one. That's, that's just the way it is in the kingdom. But two divided, one's better. One's better, but, but together, watch out. I mean, one slays 1,000, two slay 10. What a 100 slay? Anyone good at maths? No, I'm not asking you to do it. So listen to this. Paul, this is Paul. He says, when I came, verse 12, 2 Corinthians 2, verse 12, when I came to Troas to preach the gospel of Christ, even though a door was opened for me in the Lord, my spirit was not at rest because I did not find my brother Titus there. So I took leave of them and went to Macedonia. That's an interesting passage. So here Paul goes to Troas and to preach the gospel and the door is... Yes, yes, Lord. <laughs> um, the, the door is opened because of God, and he's like, 2 Corinthians 2. And, the, and the, so the door is opened because of God, and he goes there, and his brother's not there, and he's like, I'm not doing ministry here. And he leaves. Isn't that interesting? And I, I really believe that the Lord wants to take us on a journey of what it actually there's probably better language for this, and there's probably, maybe everyone has different language, but I'm just going to use the word, what it actually looks like to have a family anointing. Not a corporate anointing, a family anointing. Right? And go to Mark 6. Turn with me to Mark 6. This is going to be our main passage this morning. But, you know, in 1 Samuel, it's interesting, 1 Samuel 9, probably a lot of us know the story, but Saul is looking for donkeys, and he, he, he says, go up, to the, you know, go up to the seer or the prophet and you'll find your donkeys. And, um, and he goes up. And then it says, and Saul, the king, this is King Saul, Old Testament Saul. It says that he, he uh, prophesied with the prophets. And, the, and then the, the phrase came, is, is Saul surely among the prophets? And so Saul, it's, but it says he prophesied with a company of prophets. So there was a company of people, there was a family, there was a community, there was a tribe, whatever language you want to put to it. They were all prophesying and Saul gets drafted into the anointing and the grace of these prophets and he starts to begin to prophesy as well, right? And then obviously Saul goes super weird and, and uh, you know, he's a pretty crazy king. But the point is that here was a, 
here was a man, an individual, gets drafted into the family of God or, or prophets, and he begins to prophesy. The same is when Jesus comes on the scene. You know, the disciples aren't filled with the Holy Spirit yet, yet they're still healing the sick and raising the dead and casting out demons because they get drafted into the grace and anointing on the individual called Jesus. Does that make sense? And so here Jesus comes to Nazareth, and this is just... He comes to Nazareth and he declares Isaiah 61, right? And he says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. So the spirit of the Lord, the dove, the, the heavens, the baptism of Jesus, the heavens were open. Obviously, Jesus wasn't a sinner, but he, he, he painted the picture for us of this is what the Christian life looks like. Little side note, Jesus never had any disciples before his baptism because no, no one's supposed to follow Jesus in the, in the fulfilling of the law. You're supposed to follow him in the resurrected life. So it wasn't after the baptism that he comes up out of the water, the heavens are opened and the dove comes down upon Jesus and it says, and it remains. And it, and it says the spirit of the Lord is upon, Jesus is prophesying of his Ministry, and he says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me to preach the gospel, to bind up the brokenhearted, release captives, set prisoners free, give recovery of sight to the blind, so on, right? Another side note, because I love this one, and I have the mic. <laughs> um, when John the Baptist, I think it's in, in Matthew 11, when John the Baptist says, Shall we look for another? So John the Baptist is in prison. He says, shall we look for another? And Jesus says, tell John what I'm doing. I'm healing the sick, I'm raising the dead, I'm casting out demons, and the, sight, and the, the blind have their sight restored. Do you know there's not one person until Jesus comes on the scene that's healed of blind, a blind person's healed. So he's, he, he, he's hoping John the Baptist knows Isaiah 61. <laughs> and he's saying, hey, listen, tell John what I'm doing. This is what I'm doing. I'm giving recovery of sight to the blind. There's not been a, a blind person healed up until that moment. I think because Jesus, well, there's just no blind people in heaven. And so Jesus is bringing the kingdom and he's showing what it's like. <laughs> But I think he's restoring. Jesus died fully as a man so he could restore fully mankind. Amen. So here we go. He went up from there, verse 1, Mark 6. He went up from there and came to his hometown and his disciples followed him. And on the Sabbath he began to teach the synagogue and many who heard him were astonished, saying, where did this man get these things? What is the wisdom given to him? How are such mighty works done by his hands? Is this not the carpenter's son, the carpenter, the son of Mary, and brother James, and Joseph, and Judas, and Simon? And are not his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. And Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his hometown and among the relatives in his own household. And he could do, this is, our, this is the verse, and he could do no mighty miracles there except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and he healed them. And he marveled because of their unbelief and he went about among the villages teaching. All right. Where's Isaac? This is for you, mate. This is a gift. You can keep it. You're a weapon on the drums, by the way. Yeah? Uh, yeah? Um, 
I've just given him a gift. You can keep it. You don't have to give it back afterwards. <laughs> I've given him a gift. It's free. He didn't do anything to deserve it. He didn't, he didn't, you know, it wasn't earned. It was a gift that I decided to give him. He's received it. He's taken it. Yeah? Now what he does with that, though, is his responsibility. The stewardship of that gift is his responsibility. It's not mine. So here Jesus comes to the hometown and he offers Nazareth a gift. He's like, I'm going to give you a hometown advantage. I'm going to give you, home I'm going to give you the home court opportunity here. And they didn't believe he was who he says that he was or is. Because that Mark 6 is the Isaiah 61. That's the, the correlation of Luke 4, Isaiah 61. And so he says, and they, it says, Jesus could do no mighty miracles there except lay hands on a few sick people and heal them. That's a good day for most churches, <laughs> right? Lay, lay hands on a few sick people and see them healed. That's an awesome church service for, for most churches. But here Jesus is like, oh, you missed it. You, what would have happened if, if Nazareth had have believed that he was the son of God? Mighty miracles would have started to break out. Now, some people say, well, they didn't, they didn't think he was who he was, so they didn't bring the sick to him. That's possibility, possibly true, and that well and truly could have happened. But I, I, I'd like to propose that the correlation is your unbelief caused mighty miracles to be shut down in Nazareth. However that outplayed. Does that make sense? And so we, you know, Acts, turn with me to Acts 2. Let's go to Acts 2. What would have happened if they believed? What would have happened if there was a company of people that actually believed who he says that he is? And that's really what I, that's, that's, that's all I want to go after this morning. And we're going to do communion together. Um, but that we would... that the Spirit of God wouldn't just rest upon one or two or three or four. The Spirit of God is in, in every believer, absolutely. And the Spirit of God is in us for our own personal walk with the Lord, our own personal connection with God, our own personal intimacy with God. I've asked this question all year long, but how would we host a family member if they came to live with our house for a weekend as opposed to if they came to live with us for a year? Some of us are like, my family's not coming to live with me. <laughs> but but the, point, the point is, how you would host someone for a weekend, you can push the stuff aside, you can put the clutter in the cupboard, you can, you know, you can put on your best meal, you can, you, know, you, can, you can do something well for a couple of hours on a Sunday morning. But how would you host the presence of God? How would you host the person of Jesus as he came to live with you for a year? Do you, know what I'm, do you know what I'm getting at? And, and that you would, you would make space, you would make room for the king of glory to come. That you would, there, there wouldn't just be one individual or dean or myself or others, that it would be a, a, a family of believers that are hosting the person of Jesus to see, to see the spirit of the Lord released in our city and in our region. Okay. That was... 
that deserved a lot more excitement, but that's okay. I'm good. <laughs> the seed is released. I really believe God's releasing a seed. I really believe he's releasing, like the $50, he's releasing a seed, and it's our response. All the promises of God are yes. All of them are yes. But there needs to be an amen. There has to be a response to say, I'm going to steward this, and I'm going to steward it well. And I'm going to host him not just for, um, I heard this, this thing the other week. I don't actually know who the guy's name is, but part of Todd White's ministry. And, and he said, many can burn for a moment. But he said, it, it takes maturity to burn for a lifetime. It's easy to come to a massive bonfire and, and, and say, hey, look, I bur- I'm burning. It's like, yeah, no, but then what do you do when you're away from that bonfire? What do you do? You start your own flame. And then those little flames all join together to become one big flame. All right, so when the, verse 19, listen, look, at, look at this, Acts 2, verse 19. I will do verse 17. This is, this is uh, Peter prophesying. And in the last days it shall be God declares that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh and your sons and daughters shall prophesy. It says your sons and daughters. It doesn't say just the individual at the front of the church service. It says your sons and daughters shall prophesy and your men, young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. Even on my male servants and female servants, in those days I will pour out my spirit and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below. Wonders in the heavens above. So here, go to Isaiah 61. So here we have... The heavens are opened up. We have the baptism of Jesus. He comes up out of the water. The Spirit of God remains on him like a dove. And then you have Jesus. He goes into Nazareth and he says, Hey, listen, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me to preach the gospel, to give recovery of sight to the blind. And they didn't believe and mighty miracles were shut down. They didn't, you couldn't take the individual anointing out of Jesus. That's impossible. No one can do that. You can't shut that down. Right? And I don't believe you can shut God down. I don't believe that. But I believe that there is such a yearning in the heart of the Lord that he wants to partner with humanity and co-labor with people. He cre- Why did he create angels? Because we're not supposed to do everything. He likes things to be together. That's why there's three of them, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. He likes relationship. He likes unity of the spirit. He likes unity of the heart. He likes things. He's like, hey, I'm going to create angels because I just I love creating things, and I'm going to create these beings that are going to be ministers of those that will inherit salvation. We forget about them. We don't worship angels. That's stupid. Slap yourself if you do. Right? <laughs> but they're there. They're in the book. If it wasn't for angels, we wouldn't have Jesus. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. The Spirit of the Lord, Isaiah 61. We're going to close with this. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. 
He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison doors to those who are bound, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to grant those who mourn in Zion, to give them a beautiful headdress instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning. Listen to how many times it says instead. To give them a beautiful headdress instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the garment of praise instead of faint spirit. That they, who's they? Us. That they shall be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. This is what I believe God wants to do this morning. I believe he wants to, and he's been doing it, that his spirit wants to be poured out and I'm going to just preach just for a moment. I think this is for the church in, in, in whole, but for here in particular, that we would be a company like the company of prophets and that we would drag, that we would, the anointing of God would be so tangible upon a people, not, not a church building, what it will, that will happen, but upon a people, right? That it would be so tangible that we'd lift our faith and our stewardship of our belief that we say, Jesus, come and make your home, not just in me, but in my city and in my region and in my town to see mighty miracles break out. Because Jesus said, if these signs had have happened in these cities, they would have still repented and still been with us today. So mighty miracles is a part, a normal part of every Christian life. And it point, because I don't stop at a signpost to Mount Evelyn and say, I've arrived. The signpost points to something greater. Right? You can say Mount Evelyn, Lillardale, whatever, right? Mount Evelyn's a good town. It's God's country. All right? So, so right? So you, so you don't stop at the signpost. You go, hey, that thing points to something greater. And, and I really believe that the, the Spirit of God has been poured out. It's being poured out here. There's people, we're hearing people getting healed, seeing people getting saved. There's miracles breaking out. There's things happening. There's awesome stuff taking place. But if we don't steward it, we've been planted by the Lord as an oak of righteousness. But the stewardship and the amen is up to us. And this is what he says in verse 4. They shall rebuild the ancient ruins. They shall raise up former devastations. Then they shall repair the ruined cities, the devastation of many generations. Our city needs to be restored. I love what Lisa, Lisa preached great last week. It was awesome on the message of hope. And um, our city needs hope. Our people need hope. We need, and we need to lift our stewardship, or we get to, we get to, we get to lift our stewardship and we get to say, hey, Jesus, if you don't turn up in such a way with, with power and with miracles and with signs and wonders and with, with, yet yeah, with good works and with all of those things, we do what we can do, we, we, we worship, we praise, we fast, we do all the Christian stuff, we will do everything we can, Right? But we want to make this a house that where you're not just an individual, but we're united together and that there would be a family anointing that would take place where the nations would see, where people would see, hey, hey, I, 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 whatever those people in that church have got, I need it and I want it and I'm going to go there. 
because I, I, I need the, I'd met this woman. She's just so in, I don't fully understand it, but she's so on fire for Jesus, and I need to have what she's got, right? And that, if that wouldn't be the goal, that's not necessarily the goal. That's not the thing we focus on. We focus on him, and then the byproduct of that is we rebuild ancient ruins, former devastations. Let's stand. Can we, yeah, awesome. Can we hand that out? I know, I know there's been people complaining about these cups. We're going to wait, we're going to use them all till they're gone and then we'll, we'll, we'll come up with another system, okay? All right, you okay with that? Let's just use them till they're gone and then, uh, <laughs> all right. This is what I want us to do. I, I want us to, um, if I can maybe get some of the home group leaders and people, but I want us to do this in groups. And I, I want us to do this together as a family. Um, and uh, maybe I can, if I can have Sam or Bron or someone just, just play. Um, because I, we celebrate the individuals. We do. We celebrate the, the uh, you know, there are people who are moving in, in awesome things and you see the call of God on their life and you're like, man, that's amazing, that's incredible and we honour that and we celebrate that and we, and we want that and we don't shy away from that and there's a call of God, an individual call of God on every single person's life in this room. Absolutely. But I've been using this phrase for a few years. When you, when you, become, you don't lose your individualism when you become a part of a family. Unity is not uniformity. Unity is in the midst of diversity, we can be one and be united under one thing, the body and the blood of Jesus. We believe in right believing. We believe in that, you know, your belief determines your behavior and all those things. But we, got to, we have to lift our faith, church. I really believe this. I really believe the Lord is inviting us into something here in this region something he's doing awesome stuff around our nation right now and around the world but he also wants to do something here with with this group of people that we would say lord amen to the promises that you've got we want to host your presence we don't want to be like nazareth that missed jesus when he came into the room and we shut down the corporate the, the family anointing we we want to we want to say hey jesus would you come would you come and rest upon us and we would be good stewards of your presence? Would you come and rest upon us and remain? Not just visit for a weekend because God inhabits the praises of his people. Jesus wants to, he wants, I'm telling you, he's so into relationship. He's so into relationship that he's looking. I, I, if you just give me a second, just give me a second to explain this. I think it's Proverbs 25 says it's the glory of God to conceal a matter. It's the glory of kings to search it out. So there are things in the mysteries of God, in the, in the heavenly realms of God, that he won't just give to someone because he wants, he wants to go, hey, will they steward this well? Will they steward my presence well? Can I find a people that will actually host my presence in such a way that when no one's watching, they'll be the same when everyone's watching? 
Can I find a people that will steward my presence well, that I can do mighty miracles there and they won't prostitute and they won't, they won't sell it to the highest bidder, but they will steward my presence in such a way that holiness and purity and the fire of God will rest and remain so that a family of believers can see a mighty, mighty army of lost sons and daughters come in to rebuild what has been torn down in this ancient, in this, in this, in this world that we call this region that we live in. Amen. All right. So this is what I want to do. Can we just get in groups of, I don't know, 15, 20? Can we just do that? Just anyone. Just grab, grab, grab a group, and we're just gonna, we're just gonna take communion together.